welcome to The Atypical Leader with Rick Brennan, where we talk about harnessing what makes you unique and maybe even a little odd, while at the same time dismantling the notion that you have to be a certain type of person or act a certain way to be an effective leader. Definitely a leader, not a follower. I like the sound of this. It's time for us atypical leaders to come out of the shadows and learn to be proud and confident in what makes us different. I'm proud of who I am. I'm proud of who I am. A typical leader starts now. Hey, Rick, how are you today? I'm very good, Judy, and you? I'm very good. I'm good. It was sad uh, saying goodbye to our good friends uh, Nick and Vanessa today. They're going back to Canada. I know. They've been uh, great to hang with over the last six months. They have. I'm really, I'm really glad that you introduced me to them. Uh, I guess you'll see them in the summertime when you're back in uh, New Brunswick. I will. I will see them. I'm actually going to borrow their van, their Volkswagen van, to be memories of old times. We used to have a Volkswagen van when I was a young adult. Were you a hippie? No, I wouldn't say I was... (laughs) I was a want. I want to be hip. I I might even go out and help them with their uh, restaurants for a little while, just to help them get up and running. And they're so busy. Oh yeah, cool. Which I'd love to do because I've never seen New Brunswick. Oh, there you go. It's a beautiful place. Yeah. So there you go. I might do it. Okay. Today we would like to talk about dealing with frustration of an atypical living in a typical world. We all run into situations that drive us absolutely crazy. So, Rick, what do you think? Well, I think I think you said it. It can be frustrating. You know, the thing is, when you're, you're different, people tend to push you to conform, to speak and act and do how others deem as appropriate. Right. And I got to tell you, it gets a little bit of a pain in the ass after all, all the time. You're trying to act like you're normal, but it really doesn't work. Like I'm trying to be that normal guy, you know? Sometimes I, I, I give it a whirl and I'm listening intently. I'm focused and pretending to be polite. I, I'm laughing at all the jokes. and But it's like I'm drowning in a pool of fucking razor blades. <laughs> oh, no, no. It's Sorry. like painful. It's like it's everything I'm not. You know, I know. What I mean? Well, I would never describe you as though in those words. Let me tell you that. Well, no, but they, so, but when I try to be me in full color, people look at me like I'm strange. They can seem confused by my actions or think I'm rude or think I'm inappropriate because they, they want to throw me into the <laughs> pool of razor blades. I. <laughs> So what's a guy to do? Either way, I'm in hot water. You're like, yeah. you know, people see me as not normal, and then people see me as not normal. It's like, Jesus. Here's the thing. Many of us atypical types suffer from multiple conditions, each one rushing through our veins, each one colliding with the other. While other people sit firmly in the core of society with an expectation of how others should act and think with little awareness or sensitivity to our perspective. It's crazy that everyone wants us to be sensitive to their needs, but no one acknowledges ours. They seem to be blind to us and the needs of our neurodiverse, atypical mind. Yeah, they're pretty quick to <laughs> chastise, aren't they? Yeah. You know, yeah. It's, our actions aren't right, our words aren't act, our right, our attitude, you know, it doesn't match up with what they perceive as normal and appropriate. You know, it's almost like if you were, I think that if you're officially diagnosed with a neurological condition mm-hmm. and someone could, <laughs> could pin <laughs> a plate on your chest saying, I have a neurological condition, people might give you a little bit of leeway. Maybe. But for me, <laughs> you know, let's face it, I mean, I'm gonna, people might argue, but I'm kind of normal, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, somewhat. First but, look. <laughs> but I'm undiagnosed. Yeah, well, let's face it, everyone sees the world through their own eyes. It's all just a pain in the ass. People want you to act like them, think like them, be like them. I just can't do it. No, neither can I, Rick. 
It's not like I can focus on controlling one condition. Hell, I got four others sitting on my shoulder ready to pop out at any moment. Are you ready for this? I have an example. <laughs> Be it's careful. An example with Judy. God, her insensitivity. Oh, nice. Judy's read, as we know, we're on a podcast called The Atypical Leader, and we're dealing with atypicalness, and we're dealing with neurodiversity and that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. and Judy's my co-host, and Judy's read my book, and she really, really understands the neurological conditions I have and all my quirks. In particular, she understands my inability to write. That right. I'm going to make mistakes when I write. Mm -hmm. And, you know, yet for some I'm reason, shit. she still needs to point out my mistakes to me. And I got to tell you, it's a little frustrating. <laughs> and the way I look at it, it's like me pointing out to a guy who's, who can't walk, who's in a wheelchair, saying, you know you can't walk, eh? Oh, it's not that bad. <laughs> so the other part of this is that part of my other atypical traits is how I react to things. And they can be pretty quick and they can be pretty pointed. It's almost like a motor reflex. It's not something I think about, boom, it tells us it's happening. You know, my mm -hmm. reaction to Judy is, Jesus Christ, Judy, didn't you not read the fucking book? Are you not sitting here beside me? How the fuck? You gotta be kidding. You're gonna tell me how, how to spell the word uh, Barry? You know, it's like, are you kidding me? But the point I'm trying to make is that my reaction seems very rude. It seems aggressive. And anybody mm -hmm. hearing that would get that impression. People don't understand. Or, again, I don't have the sign on me saying neurodiverse. Well, I know it's crazy, but I think we've all been trained to see the world through that lens. Pointing out other people's shortcomings, regardless of whether we speak it out loud or, or just think it. This is one of my biggest frustrations. It happens to me when I'm speaking and I just can't find the word I need. Or I pronounce it wrong because I have that problem. Sure enough, there's always someone in the crowd that's waiting to pounce. My first reaction is to punch them. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's not get put you in jail. You know. Yeah, but of course you can't do that, right? I truly apologize, and I will try not to do. Well, that okay then, Judy. Okay. I mean, of course we're kind of joking, but it is—it's reality that we are. Our brains are almost trained that way to interject and do those type of mm -hmm. things. I mean. I get it and I don't get it, you know? I mean, I, but that's the reason we're having this podcast is to get this stuff out in the open, mm -hmm. to talk about it. And God knows my atypical brain can cause me a lot of personal frustrations from not being able to find my car keys that I will eventually find in my pocket to not being able to remember the three streets that lead to my house that I've lived for 15 years to not being able to write the most basic email that someone can understand. But most of all, it's people wanting me to conform to their vision of normal. And maybe we, you know, maybe we can go on, carry on here today with a few other examples. And, you know, I have a couple that are, I always have a good laugh at. And the first one is the long talker. Oh, my God. We've all experienced them. <laughs> um, they talk and talk and talk. It's, it's, it's literally impossible to get a work in. And when I say talk, we're talking for 20, 30 minutes. You know, oh, yeah, no, it's, it's just, it goes on forever. And it's a one-way conversation. You know, yeah. you really can't say anything. I know. I've always wondered how they do it without taking a breath. For what seems an eternity when you're standing there listening to them, for God's Oh, sake. for sure. No, they're so invested in themselves and into their story. They just want to share every detail. And you got to understand. So here's my OCD, anxiety fill, all that stuff that I do. And it's like, okay, I want to tell you a story about this car. And I'm now, what's it, a red wire or a blue wire? Let me think <laughs> about it. No, maybe, maybe it was an orange wire. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh my God! Or was her name Joan or Jane? Well, no, I know Joan back in 1964, and Jane was. Uh, <laughs> and then it's like 19, Was it 1998 or 1999? I can't remember. And all of while they're trying to, they're having this debate with themselves in their mind, and I'm there listening, saying, "Do you really think I fucking care if it's a green, red, or fucking blue wire? Oh my God! Pinch me." I know. What's amazing to me is how most are so unaware they have um, what impact they have on us. Like stick really long needles into my eyes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. A lot of these people are wonderful people. They truly Mm -hmm. are some of my best friends. So it's nothing, it's not about that. It's just about because of my ADHD and all my other shit to sit there and listen to anyone, anywhere, on any subject for an (laughs) extensive period of time. It's pretty, pretty much mentally impossible for me. I just can't say focus. I know. I start to fidget so much you think I'd have to pee. Yeah, I know. And me too. So, you know, I'm sitting there and my my face is contorting and, uh, you know, I'm turning red, white and blue and it feels like blood's pouring out my eyes. I'm, look, I'm looking around and you know, I'm paying no attention. I'm balancing on one foot, then I'm balancing on the other foot. I mean, I'm like a, I look like a nun in a whorehouse. I mean, I'm a little out of place. Yet, you know, the thing is they persist right. to talk away. If I walk away, they kind of follow me. Yeah, I know the feeling. I'm, I'm just incapable of retaining attention that long. Right. It's kind of, I could argue, I get them, I love them, but at the same time, there's a, there's certainly an unawareness. Mm-hmm. And do I, want to be, do I want to say rudeness? I don't think it's rudeness because I don't think there's an intent, but there's an inappropriateness to recognize my shit. The real reality of it all is if we do walk away or say we can't listen anymore, we would be seen as the rude one. You know, yeah, here's someone for sure. chatting you up for like you're in you're, you know, you're into your second hour for Christ's sake. Oh yeah. And yeah. you want to go, I'm really sorry, but I can't do this anymore. And they just they get offended. Well, and the thing is the subject matter. A lot of the time the subject matter is just I mean, really, I mean yes. everything from let me put a beam in a burn. Here's <laughs> how you put a beam in a burn, or how do you, you know, change the transmission of a car like you know neither one i have a clue about nor do i want to <laughs> no they, their understanding of our reality comes secondary it's really two brains colliding each with different skills and perspective and you know what i guess at the end of the day that's got to be okay but a recognition and sensitivity to each other from both sides would be nice so let's move to another example I, and i use this example just because it's close to the long talker mm-hmm. and it's the close talker oh god closer related and God help us all if, <laughs> if it's the one and the same person, the long talker and the close talker. Oh, my God. <laughs> Can you, you imagine? You want to shoot yourself. Yes. <laughs> so I had a boss once who was a close talker. Oh, my God. He'd get three inches in, in your face. Oh, my God. And if you took a step back to give yourself a little room, he'd take a step forward. There was no escaping it. Maybe, well, honest to God, maybe want to lean over and bite him on the nose. I did. <laughs> I, I held myself back to Judy. I didn't do it. I'm amazed. I mean, he's seriously invading my space. I mean, you know, it's unbelievable. And like the effects of the long talker, my anxiety spikes. I can't hear a word they're saying. I'm so uncomfortable. I'm feeling feeling like that nun again. It was like back up with you, but, yeah. You know, he didn't. He didn't. He had that unawareness as well. It's you know, amazing I, this unawareness that people have. I mean, yeah, you, you can't see what's going on in front of you. I really, I find them almost more frustrating than the long talker because right. I hate my hate that in my face. Right now, going back to Judy and her act of discrimination. Uh huh. Oh my God, you are such a baby. Yeah, yeah, but I'm trying to bail you out here. No, no, I already apologized and said I wouldn't do it anymore. You're like a dog with a bone. It's stuck right here in your tooth, right? bailing you out, Judy. Oh, yeah, right. (laughs) So you're not the only one who corrects my spelling and my grammar. 
Well, especially, and what's on the part that really drives you, Carrie, is correcting my grammar, my spelling when I'm out in public. Wow. Like I'm sitting at a restaurant with eight people and someone leans over and says, you know, Rick, it's not the way you should speak. Now, okay, so so let me put this in better context. I mean, everybody's listening to us right now. Yeah. Now I'm not a professional what do you call them? Speaker. Speaker. <laughs> that was a, see, there you go. That was a tough word. Bring that. You know, but everyone can understand. Right. Me, and I might stumble over a word or might feel like, sound like I got a marble in my mouth <laughs> at times. But my message comes across pretty clear. Right. But still, people still have this need to correct my grammar and tell me that my, can you imagine now, my sentence structure is incorrect. Telling me things like <laughs> the preposition should become before the noun. Are you kidding me? <laughs> you got to, you know, in my mind, like, first of all, I look like a deer in the headlights because I'm going, what the fuck's a preposition? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that's the absolute truth. What's a preposition? Are you kidding me? Well, first of all, I think that would be very rude, right, for them to do that. Second of all, I have an example of that. The other day I was asked, Judy, how are you today? And I said, you know, I'm good. Thank you. They looked at me like I was an idiot, honest to God, and said, no. The correct reply is, I'm doing well. I'm like, really? Isn't that what I said? I think that's what you said. I think that's what I said. <laughs> uh, plus a few other thoughts that went through my mind, but I'm just too polite to say them, Rick. All right, right. I know, Judy, it's crazy. It's these type of examples of why we focus a lot on our own self-awareness to understand and come to terms with other people's unawareness. You know, people inserting their unsolicited wisdom on us based on the way they see reality. And listen, we talk about these type of examples, not so we eight tipples can go, oh, poor us. Everybody's no, not at all. Us. Yeah, no, no. No, that's not the point. It's to understand what's going on around us, mm -hmm. understand that it's the other side that's being inappropriate, and to know, guess what? It's all right to walk away from the long talker. Mm -hmm. I agree. You know? Yeah. It's all right to giggle at that person who, you know, tells you that, you know, your preposition's yeah, right. in the wrong place. So you can't let these things define you. You can't let these things frustrate you. Right. Just go and do your thing. But okay, Judy, here we go. I have, I have another frustration. I'm picking on Judy a lot today. It's when people interrupt me when I'm interrupting them. Huh? <laughs> Oh, my God. Did you just say that? I did. <laughs> you who interrupts me constantly, exactly. never letting me finish my words. Well, Judy, that's the gig. <laughs> and here's the crazy thing. I can put logic behind the reason that I do that. When we're having a discussion and a thought comes into my head, if I don't speak right away, that thought is lost forever. Now, people would argue that, well, why don't you just write it down and ask it later? But... Then there's another side where my writing is so bad, I write it down, I can't read my writing later on, so again, that thought is lost. Actually, one thing I used to do, which probably a lot of atypicals relate to, I used to doodle. So I might have a point, and I would draw myself a little car, and later on, you know, I'd want to ask that question, I'd point to the car, and, and somehow that would trigger in my mind exactly the question I wanted to, to ask now. It didn't always work, but uh, it certainly works sometimes. Well, of course, I didn't sign up for that's this. A I little didn't bit just Judy. Take a joke. Take a joke. Maybe just get to your point quicker. I didn't have to interrupt. It's like, oh, Jesus, I got it 10 minutes ago. God love you. <laughs> okay, we're on a roll now, so let's go from there. So I want to go back in history a little bit. When I'm, I'm at home and I'm at my cottage and, you know, I have a party with people. 
people come and you know i liked my you know this things again my ocd and i don't like cups and plates lying around I like everything in the garbage oh, I, and all that sort I've of stuff that. and other people know that and i put right. out garbage cans i asked them to put them away but you think they can well no god damn <laughs> way the kids are oh yeah no we'll put it we'll do it later we'll do it later which later never comes right mm-hmm. later means tomorrow morning which they're going to be sleeping hung over or whatever and i'm mm-hmm. going to be left to do it right so of course i kept picking it up and it frustrates the hell of me that nobody will will help me out now i get it's a party situation and all that but still and i'll give you a, a specific example so i have some people over and i'm we're doing a barbecue and i've taken the time to organize myself and i've everything prepped and you know come over and i'm serving drinks mm-hmm. and it comes to supper time and i'm cooking and as I'm cooking, I mean, it's no problem in the in the, the calm times. You know, it's 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I'm doing a little prep. I'm serving a mm-hmm. drink. No problem. When it comes to supper time, there's a lot to do. You know, I'm I'm cooking fries in the deep fryer. I'm flicking burgers. I'm cutting veggies, that sort of stuff. And here's the thing. Everyone else is sitting, relaxing, <laughs> having a drink, and satisfied Let me do all the work, which... Normally, I have no problem with, but right. sometimes shit catches up. It's just right. it's, now I'm just doing everything, and right. someone will ask me, "Could you pass the ketchup?" <laughs> God forbid them. <laughs> oh, but well, my reptilian brain fires up, and I react. And my reaction would be, "I'm a swear. Everybody knows I'm a swear." Yeah. I'd react, saying, "Get it your fucking self." <laughs> and you know, most most people act normally because they know me, and mm-hmm. they laugh and say, "Well, I guess I should get it myself." And they walk over and they get. It. And then there are some other people who take exception. But you got to appreciate, the frustrative of me is that I don't get why people can't see what's going on. I'm sitting right. there and literally, I'm like a circus act. Right. You know, I'm juggling dishes. I'm flicking burgers with my feet. Uh, anxiety's really uh, rushing through my veins. I feel like, I really feel like people are taking advantage of me and it frustrates me. Right. Right. I, I understand that. So I'm not trying to defend my actions mm-hmm. because I'd be the first one to feel stupid after those words come flying out of my mouth. But my reaction is instantaneous, with no thought whatsoever. It's like a motor skill. Just boom, it happens. But it's all caused by my atypical brain, just trying to get through the barbecue and get through <laughs> life and just and through these these situations that, that frustrate me at times. Right. Yeah, Judy, and one other thing I'd like to discuss when it comes to frustrations, you know, it's, I received a m- message the other day, mm-hmm. someone very well-meaning, and uh, their comment was that, they had a concern about one of the phrases that I used, and that was that we suffer from these conditions. Okay. And wondering that if I could have used better words. And on the surface, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, I get it that suffer could imply that it's some sort of painful experience, and the word condition might imply that someone has a fault of some kind. Well, or not. I don't see anything wrong with the phrasing. That's not what you meant. No, no, absolutely. It certainly isn't. But I guess at a certain level, I'm sensitive to the common. I mean, I don't want to minimize anyone's abilities or present any group as, you know, that there's something wrong with them in some way, especially friggin' when I'm part of that group. Yeah, you certainly are. Uh, waist deep, I'd say. <laughs> you think so? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, think so. I was trying to say that with a straight face. Yeah, yeah. Well, here's the crazy thing is I really believe this is an example of the trap that many of us atypical and neurodivergent fall into. And it's okay. that whole sentiment that words matter more than intentions. And you need to remember that I'm not talking from theory about no. neurodiversity. I'm not a doctor, a psychologist, a professional speaker. I'm not that smooth-talking executive, and 
I'm certainly not a typical thinker. Definitely I, not. It's yeah. I think you. <laughs> I think if anyone you know that, <laughs> I'm someone so. who's lived a lifetime dealing with a multitude of neurodivergent issues that I guess everyone around me called limitations. That's right. simply my reality. I'm a real life walking, talking neurodivergent, full of what other people have tried to convince me over time that are limitations. And in fact, I refer to my issues as limitations. And why? Because I want people to understand what I'm talking about. And when I use the word limitations, they understand my point of view, and that's what I'm after. Okay. But trust me, the words that I'm using have little to do with the way I perceive my abilities. I know what you're talking about. Um, Often in my career, the comments like this have silenced me. And they've made me nervous about getting up and speak. I'm just afraid that I'll stutter or, you know, make a fool of myself, basically. Yeah, I know what you mean. It causes you to sit in your chair, never to ask that question, just being silent. You know, oh, so no I'd be kidding. sitting there ready to impress the brass, thinking about a really good question to ask. You know, I got it all set in my <laughs> mind. And then right. my repetitive thinking would take over. I'd rehearse the question over in my mind a million times as everyone else is getting up and talking, which then, of course, causes my anxiety to take over. My brain just becomes a cluttered <laughs> mess, and it oh, just I shuts down. I, I, can't, I can hardly talk to the person sitting beside me. You know, yeah. while the other silver-tongued devils, they get up, they got half my ability, but they are capable of spouting out the right words and getting all the phrases just right, and they take center stage. Well, I'm here to tell you that those days are over, and that's what this podcast is about. It's time exactly. for us newer divergent and atypicals to own who we are, wrong words and all. I am simply not in control of the words that come flying out of my mouth. And Judy, nobody knows better than you. (laughs) Even when you put a script in front of me and you say it's all written out, I still, it's impossible for me to follow that script. My mind just won't do that. So it's either people will have to going to accept that sometimes they're going to say the wrong thing or you're, what you're really telling me is to be silent. I can attest to that. We practice and practice and then he's off in another direction and I have to herd him back into where we are. This is the type of thing that always got me when I wanted to public speak publicly or in a meeting as I'm doing right now. I'm losing my train of thought, stumble or pronounced words. It would never, my question or what I was saying was never presented in the way that I thought I should present it so that people would understand it. And then I would just totally shut down and not do anything. I would just sit there. Yeah, it's this stuff that, you know, these types of criticisms, I think, as you're saying, and as I'm saying, it kind of holds you back, keeps you in your chair, doesn't allow you to do things. And crazy enough, sometimes these criticisms comes from our fellow neurodivergents. Yeah, I, I agree. I would suggest that we as a neurodivergent community need to support each other. Yeah, Not you're absolutely right, words. Judy. It really is what it's about. And although we appreciate people's opinion and listen, and we listen to people's opinions and we take them to heart mm-hmm. and we try to adjust our program yeah. and our, our podcast to that, we can't get so wrapped up into this words matter that it silences. And I know I keep saying that, but that's how I felt for so many years. Silence because I was so afraid to make a mistake. Well, it's okay to make a mistake. It's okay to stumble. It's okay to do those sorts of things. I hope I didn't hurt anyone's feelings, but (laughs) it's a little taste of Rick's straight talk, and it Mm -hmm. is what it is. So anyway, what do you say, Rick? Do you want to give us a quick summary of what we talked about Well, I think I might be able to do that, Judy. So let's see. When a long talker is talking away, you have to know it's okay to walk away. 
No, but don't bite the short talker on the nose. That was just a joke. <laughs> know that when you misspeak and someone fills in your words, that their counsel is inappropriate. But let's be clear. To really sum up, I'd like to say, define yourself by what you can do. Pay no attention to the naysayers and know your skills are limitless and all-powerful. It's time to own who you are. And I think that's a wrap, Rick. Yes, Judy. Another another day done. Another podcast completed. You have any criticisms <laughs> to make or anything? No. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for joining us today and listening to another episode of the Atypical Leader. If you haven't already done so, like, share, and follow me on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. By liking and sharing, you will help other atypicals find all of us. So we can all start to leverage the stories, strategies, and strengths of what make us all unique. Keep listening and remember, take charge and push away those self-doubts. Leverage what we're talking about. Be confident in who you are and proud of what makes you unique. So join me, Rick Brennan, and my co-host, Judy Sims, on the next episode of The Atypical Leader. To learn more about us, leadership, and neurodiversity, please go to our website, atypicalleader.com. Thanks for listening. Let's do it again next week. 